Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's going on, football fans? I know it's Monday, and I know that we all had to drag ourselves back to work, and I know that we had to deal with all the BS of our normal stressful lives, but not everything about Monday is bad. No, 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 no. When a new week begins, that means that you come to the Dear Pats Nation podcast, and we are back in association with RayRev.com and the Deep Blundell Network at DeepBlundell.com, sponsored by Newsbreak. We're ready to put on a show for you tonight. My name is Ray Rout. I'll be joined by my boy, Producer Mike, and our special guest for the evening, Connor Commentary. Ladies and gentlemen and people from all over the world, sit back, relax, because it's time to get this show started. Yeah, buddy. What's going on, boys? How's it going? Are you jacked up? Yeah, I'm pumped. Let's rock. Ready to rock and roll after that draft. After that oh, draft, yeah. baby. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning to the Dear Patsation Podcast. My name is Ray Rout. Of course, as always, I'm with my co-host, producer Mike. And tonight we're with my former co-host, Mr. Connor Commentary. As we are brought to you by Newsbreak. Download the Newsbreak app from the link that we left in the description. Listen, this is what the app does. You go to the app, you download it. It gives you all your local news all in one place. It uses, you know, geolocations, all that kind of fun stuff. And uh, you can also find all my content there. Seven videos, guys. Seven videos uploaded and posted last night. And uh, make sure you go check out rayroute.com and deanblundell.com. And go check out our merch store. You can, like, I, I, I've noticed that the merch sales have been dropping. You can get a nice, I don't know if you guys see it. Oh, I might, I might have to upgrade. Nice hoodie oh. like that. Let me show you guys the, the yep. new merch store and all the nice stuff that we have on there. So. You got the normal, like, you know, we got the legit kid line that came out. Um, not as popular as I hoped for, but you got the legit kid line, which, you know, it works. You got the traditional Deer Pats Nation hoodies and t-shirts like I'm wearing, but we got some new gear over there, too. Um, if you come on down, we got the new Deer Pats Nation gear here. The new uh, sort of, we call it the graffiti uh, logo. You can get it in black. Nice. And you can get it in red. A couple of different color options down there. Nice. And uh, we got the, the Toronto edition as well. Uh, as you know, I am a Toronto boy by heart. So you can get the Toronto Skyline. This comes in black and it comes in white. And uh, we got a whole, we got a bunch of fun stuff on there. We got uh, water bottles, glasses, mugs, whatever these are. The the stainless tumblers. I think those are like travel mugs, right, Mike? Is that what they mm-hmm. are? Pine glasses. Yes. We even got a pillow. And this is a, a limited time one right here. You think your draft was strange. Uh, so you can go get your, your <laughs> think your draft was strange. Comes in tons of colors. Comes in pink. Comes in blue. Comes in another kind of blue. Comes in red. Hell, we even made a green. So uh, go check out the merch store. I have to get like store. 12 of those. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Be awesome. 
Absolutely. You're going to have to. So go check out the, the merch store. A lot of fun stuff happening over there. Uh, boys, how we doing? Good. That's good. All things considered. You know? Yeah. Mike, are you still... Mike, you were just raging oh, all I'm weekend. Still, I'm, you know, I was happy, and now I'm back to mad again. Fair. <laughs> oh, okay. Not raging, but... Well, okay. let's why, let's just why don't we get into it then, boys? Okay, let's do it. So, Mike, I'm gonna let you go first, Connor. If you're okay with that, I know you're the guest Absolutely. and all, but I'm telling you, Mike, I'm gonna be real with you. And I think I, I said this in the in the group chat in one sense, like I said it a different way. But you were growing tiresome this weekend to just like I had to stop going in the group chat because Good. you were just just consistent raging throughout the whole day. Like I had a moment, a moment on Saturday. Or on Friday, and then I kind of like breathed, took a step back. I was like, okay, whatever, let's let's move on. And your anger just kept kept just building, building. I think I told you that you were killing my buzz on Saturday, but uh, well, I'll you're throw responsible. It to you. you are responsible, sir, for feeding that fire with the uh, Friday tweet, night tweet. You were Andrew still going Booth on Jr. Sunday. Oh, Friday night. Oh, you were wait. still going on Sunday. So okay, we were talking yeah, forty. You, hours. You, know, you still mad about the strange pick? Oh no, the strange pick I think is the best pick in the draft. Okay. No, I thought you know the and it's funny. The more I had time to digest it, I was just like, okay, he's a good pick. We can get past the reach. The more I look into Taekwon Thornton, the more I look into the Jones brothers, the more I look into the uh, Harris clone, and who's the other guy? Strong. I like the running backs. I like the offensive linemen they took later. I even like the cornerbacks. The wide receiver that... Now you the like guy... the cornerback? Yeah, the wide because receiver Because you that... didn't on... Hold on, because you didn't on Friday. No, and, but here's the thing that I think people... And let's boil down what I'm going to say here, right? Is this draft to me screams of guys that may not be able to contribute this year. So that's where I'm concerned. Because I think the who, who was it Marcus Jones, the smaller cornerback. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. so just you know, everything I've been reading by everybody, even people being very critical of the Patriots, is their first four draft picks are expected to be contributors on the field this year. Yeah. So the Marcus Jones, the smaller cornerback, I I do have I think he'll play a role this year. I think at the very least he's going to be a punt returner. The second Jones, well, we'll we'll see. The second Jones, again, they, they took the J.C. Jackson route, a kid that probably fell due to personality issues. Uh, you know, I think they like the way he plays. And again, some of the offensive linemen and even the backup quarterback, I don't mind. The thing that bothers me is uh, the overall reach and then the Taekwon Thornton pick. I'm a little afraid the more that I read, they took this guy for speed, and I don't know that he can necessarily run as fast as people think with pads on. Because the more film that I kind of watched and then listened to people talk about him, I think he'll be a productive receiver, but I don't think he'll be quite the burner that people think he is. Who did you listen talk about him, Mike? Because if you tell me the radio, who, I will, by the way, their first no, 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 topic, no, 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 hold, I, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. WEI's first topic on the Greg Hill show today was is Mac Jones on a short leash after the <laughs> Patriots drafted a quarterback in this draft. So Oh no, yeah. Who no, were that. you listening to? No, it wasn't WEI. It was it was a collection of like 
So I listened, and I can pull up the YouTube videos for you later, a collection of guys that basically talked about his time at Baylor. And again, they didn't say he was a bad player. And this is this is and this is the silver lining here. So I'm gonna be positive at the end of my kind of rant here is that I don't think he's expected to contribute this year. That that wide receiver room is gonna be pretty stocked. I think they're basically gonna give this is what Nikhil Harry should have been. He's gonna be kind of buried. He'll have his chance next year when they most likely move on from Nelson Aguilar, and then we'll see what happens. So I'm not going to be, I'm not like super down on the pick or the draft overall. I'm just, if we sum it up, the reach scares me. And again, these guys need to contribute at some point. It can't be the 2019 draft or the 2018 draft where these guys are contributing in little bits three or four years on. You know what I mean? So if the Patriots would have drafted John Mechie, which I think was on a lot of a lot of the the Patriots fans radar. My question is this. Where would he have ranked in the in the order it, it, amongst all the Patriots receivers right now? Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne, Jacoby Myers, uh uh help me here. Parker, uh, Devontae Parker, Parker Nikhil yeah. Harry. Forget Nikhil Harry. Forget we know Nikhil yeah. Harry's time. <laughs> Christian Wilkins. Where, where, where would he have been on the depth chart? Would Would Mechie have been ahead of Devontae Parker? I well, see here. Here's no, the no, thing. no, 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 no. Answer the question. It's a yes or no. Would he have been ahead of Devontae Parker? No, because like, would he have? Hold on. Would he have been ahead of Kendrick Bourne? I think he would have been ahead of Jacoby Myers. Oh, you're out of your mind. Out of your mind. See, this is just you upset with the draft. No, don't. No, don't no. Put, if we would have drafted, no. Right, well, if we then let me let me elaborate and don't put words in my mouth. Then let me elaborate and don't put words in my mouth. Go ahead. My you expectation. Said gonna, my you said he would have been the third. Would have been the same. My you said he would have been the third guy on this been the team. Same for him as they are for Taekwon Thornton, especially because of his injury. So Sit you. Back, so you have. So you have Jacoby Myers as the sixth receiver on this team right now. No, but if he would have been, sorry, that, if Matchy would have no. been on the team, it, that gives them the ability to do what we talked about. Mechie plays that same role. I could have seen them moving on from Myers potentially if John Mechie was ready to play around the first third of the year. They would have moved on from him during the season. They could have traded him at the deadline potentially. So, Especially if they so don't. So hold on. So if Jacoby Myers say would have had similar numbers to last year, where he had been the most targeted, the most receptions, the most yards, you would hope that they move on from him in in lieu of John Mechie, ready to a rookie. I think they. The I think they play the same role, and I don't think he wants to pay Jacoby Myers necessarily twelve million dollars. Is that the going rate these days in the wide receiver but, market? Okay, let's let's talk about the salary number. cap right now. Okay, let's talk about the salary cap. Who are the Patriots hindered at this moment right now that they can't sign because of their salary cap? Because like you made about, a comment today, I, I, like I, I, you I made a comment today they're... about how they're going to they're paying Jake or on Sunday, oh, they're going to pay Jake Bailey four million and this and that. Like free agency is over. I didn't say that. Yeah, you. You did. Hey, they, you find, I think they're moving on from Jake Bailey. But you wrote, wow, they're going to pay Bailey $4 million. You wrote it when they didn't take a, a Razier or whatever the hell his name is, the Bills took, when they didn't take a punter. You were upset yeah. because you put it right in there. They're going to pay Bailey $4 million. You said that on the chat. 
So this is what I'm getting at. So who are the Patriots? Who are they hindered from signing right now? Like we had to be worried about salary cap. No, two, I'm looking, three months ago. No, no, no. I'm I'm saying for next year. I don't think they want to pay Jacoby Myers necessarily twelve million dollars next year. So if they could get a third or a fourth round draft pick for him in next year's draft, plug in a guy like John Mechie who plays a more expanded role than he does, and get, again get something for him. I don't necessarily think that's the worst thing. You and I have talked about this, and then replace Nelson Ag. Then so they should have taken Mechie this year, and then replaced Nelson Aguilar. Well, in the I think draft. they looked up in this scenario. I think Tyquan Thornton is now the replacement for Aguilar. Well, yeah. So they had to replace him at some point, right? Because but, but why does it matter if they replace him this year or next year? What do you mean? Sorry. <clears throat> well, because you're like they could have taken Mechie, which would have replaced Jacoby Myers next year. Yeah. Right. Um, I think if if Jacoby Myers gets released or traded this year, mm-hmm. it's because the Patriots are out of the playoffs at that point uh, by the trade. Well, again, again, we're talking about a different scenario where I no, think no, no, I, no. I, I think he... even if you if okay, okay, that yeah, I see what you're saying. If John yep. Mechie is there. Mm-hmm. And the Patriots are in a playoff spot. You are not trading away a, th- a fourth-year player on your team, who for the last two years has been the most targeted wide receiver. One of those guys being your current quarterback, you are not moving on from him at the trade deadline. If you're a playoff spot, the only way you're doing that is if you're already out of the playoffs. So the Patriots are already in I mean, bigger trouble than they were. Okay, are. okay. So that that's that's a fair way to underline it. I, I again, I'm looking at basically and again this is just straight hypothetical i'm I'm going roll for roll here i think if you line up john mechie and if you line up um jacoby myers i think john mechie probably year two is but i'm not gonna say by far a better player but plays the same role and has a higher ceiling for what they want because they want a, a guy who was better in the slot right a little bit quicker can go outside a little bit, control the middle of the field a little better. And you and I talked about this, how Patriots fans are a little too attached to an undrafted guy. So again, if you can potentially get a third round pick for a guy like that, and you've signed a guy to a rookie contract, you move along. That's what Belichick does all the time. He does it with his running backs on the daily. Like, yeah, okay. Let's talk receiver though. Don't talk running backs. Don't because every position is different. As you know, what I running backs are a dime a dozen to me. I mean, they well, literally in this receivers like that too. Though. They literally in this draft just replaced Ramondre Stevenson and, and Damian Harris. So Harris yeah. is done after this season, 100%. and then they've got another guy ready to come in and replace Ramondre Stevenson in a couple of years. Like that's what he does. He just trades them out, and he just moves them on. James White might as well. This will probably be his last year with some of the moves that they made. Connor, let, let me turn to you for a second. You watched the draft. You were on with us Thursday night. Thank you, by the way. Hat tip to yes. that. Uh, watched our reaction to it most pathetic pillow toss i've seen compared to last year's <laughs> a little um, less enthusiastic three days later uh how are you feeling about the draft how do you where do you grade it what, do you, what are you thinking well i i said on twitter the other day my grade will come out in january of 2025 
So in in about three years, we'll know how the draft goes. That's about how it plays out. I mean, it played out a lot different than I expected. I did not think that they'd take two running backs. I didn't think that they would take an offensive lineman with the first pick. But, I mean, who knows? Three years from now, Strange could be, you know, the anchor on the offensive line, and all of a sudden it was the best pick in the world. Um, we we don't know what this kid Thompson's going to do. He's obviously extraordinarily fast, so that's something to be optimistic about. But I don't know if that'll pan out or not. I mean, it's this is a very uh, – big question mark in the draft and not in like a negative sense. It's just like this could play out one way or the other, like in a dramatic fashion. I mean, these running backs could completely replace Stevenson and Harris. I mean, strange could replace Shaq Mason. You know, uh, they could have finally found a young, good wide receiver. That's actually going to produce for the organization. And it's, it's, it's a big, big question mark. And we'll know in the next couple of years, what, what they really got. Yeah, and I, I think you're absolutely correct. When it comes to the draft, I mean, like let's use, I'll use a prime scenario for you right here. We've seen rookie quarterbacks come out and look great and then yep. fall off year two and get worse year three. If you guys think that Mac Jones is immune to that, you're not thinking realistically, right? right. So that could happen. If Christian Barmore blows his shoulder out in training camp and now has a lingering injury in a couple of years, he's off the team mm-hmm. because he can't stay healthy. If yeah, Ronnie, but... if Ronnie Perkins doesn't do anything, if Ramondre Stevenson ends up on the IR this year, then the IR next year, then the 2021 draft that we all toted last year, yep, was a right. bust. Hundred percent right? was an absolute bust. Yep. Um, and again. I think that in defense of Bill Belichick, which I didn't do a lot this weekend, anybody who watched my stuff, I didn't. I said I didn't understand a lot of what he was doing. But in defense of him, um, because this is a famous one for you, Mike, he's blown the draft in this year and this year and this year and that year. I argue, though, if Malcolm Mitchell stays healthy and his career doesn't end, if Derek Rivers stays healthy, because it's not like he lost his job. The guy couldn't stay on the field. If Isaiah Wynn would have stayed healthy throughout his career with the Patriots, um, Sony Michelle, again, I think is, was, um, underrated. You know, yep. Underrated. Um, did he have misses? Yes, he did. Duke Dawson, Nikhil Harry, obviously we know the names, right? Jawan Williams to an extent. However, um, however you go through every team, you know what I mean? Like, uh, 2012, the 2012 Seahawks are touted as the best draft class ever by a team. And they had four players who became starters in the NFL. You know what I mean? So that's right. Yeah. So that's what it is. So I think that if a couple of those guys turn around and things happen, then we're not turning around and going, Ooh, Um, you know, and the thing was too, we talked about like, well, the reason they got into the position they were in 2020 was because the draft picks didn't work. Correct. However, they couldn't sign a guy like Joe Tooney because the draft pick worked too well. right? Right. Like he was worth too much money. So, that's in defense. When I look at a grade, and I'm the same with you, Connor, we need to see how things play out because right. I think the 2020 draft, for instance, in two or three years, we're going to look at that and say it was a really good draft. When you look at like Mike Onwenu and Kyle Duggar and some of the guys are going to be contributors to this team. Right, which is the important thing. Yeah. When I talk about this draft, I look at we identified four major positions the Patriots needed to, to to identify in the draft. Cornerback, wide receiver, interior offensive lineman, and linebacker. On Sunday, I declared that maybe we were wrong about linebacker because when I started having some conversations with some people and they started showing me 
the Patriots linebacker depth and the guys who are coming back and who couldn't play last year, guys that they're high on, the Patriots may feel a lot better about their linebacking core than maybe we have or maybe other people want us to feel. So I'm okay with them not really addressing the linebacker position. Um, They address cornerback. They addressed interior. They addressed interior offensive line. They addressed wide receiver. One thing that they said they wanted to do was get faster in this draft. Well, they got the guy with the highest, with the fastest forty time for receiver. They got the fastest running back in the draft, and then they got a two very fast cornerbacks. So they picked up the speed that they're looking for. They addressed the interior offensive line. Was it a reach? Yes. Based on a lot of research that I did after, they could have got him later, but they would have had to get him in the second round. He would not have fallen to the third round. Um, You know, and it's funny. I don't know if you guys saw. Did you see the full Sean McVay clip? Because it got released after. Yeah. Right. Everybody. That first clip got cut off at him laughing. And then it got in. It got into them talking about how nobody explodes off the line like like Cole Strange did. You know what I mean? And that kind of thing. And. Um, a lot of scouts came out after and said he wouldn't have fallen out of the third round. So the Patriots could have yeah. traded out of the first round. They could have, you know what I mean, moved some draft capital around. But anyways, they addressed all their positions. Am I going to say it's an A-plus draft? From a sense of did they address everything? They did. So you got to give them an A-plus. Because there was times that we thought, you know, Belichick needs to address this, and he doesn't. Like, right. He doesn't even pick the position. Um, <clears throat> I think another underrated move was the quarterback. Jared Stidham is obviously not going to work out. I think this is the yeah. last year of his rookie deal. So yes. he's going to be moving on. Brian Hoyer, I mean, he's going to be in a polo soon being the, the quarterback coach. Um, right. He's going to go, the pay, you need a backup quarterback. And I want everybody, um, the WEEI fans who were having this discussion today that Mac Jones is on the, you know, is on the short leash and he's on the hot seat. The New England Patriots, before Tom Brady got old, drafted. 10 quarterbacks in the draft. Um, I believe with more than half of them being in the third and fourth rounds. And Mike and I had this discussion two weeks ago, not even about the Patriots. We were talking about the value of a backup quarterback that teams are now paying eight to $12 million for backup quarterbacks. Right. So yeah. So that's why. So from a grade standpoint, I'm like, they addressed everything they needed to address. Yeah, and I'm just going to admit, that never came into my mind when they drafted uh, Bailey Zapp, Zappy. Uh, yeah. I'm not 100% sure on the... Uh, I fucking 100%. butchered the video on that for, for news break because I wasn't sure how to say it either. So I was like, I called them Zappa and Zappy throughout the entire video. <laughs> yeah, I've heard it right? said both ways at this point. Um, I think it's a great pickup because if you look at other than the, uh, you know, his main knock was his height issue. He's a really smart kid. He can make all the throws. Like he's basically Mac Jones light. Okay. Like the kid is not nearly as polished as Mac. So if something does happen this year, you still probably put Brian Hoyer in to manage the game, but going forward, it's this kid, which is perfectly fine. You need a backup quarterback under, under contract the next couple of years, because they're going to be competing next year. Next year, like we've talked about is the main year to compete. If something happens to Mac, this team cannot just collapse. Right. They got a kid that I think could easily fill those shoes and be a serviceable quarterback that could take a good team to the playoffs. Right. Connor, do you you want to give a a draft profile of this sappy kid? 
Uh, Zappy, I mean, his his arm has been confused by some as a cannon. He, I think he threw like 70,000 yards last season alone. Um, big kid, strong, fast, very good at throwing the football, uh, extremely accurate, and very intelligent when it comes to being quarterback. So I think it's going to be a great pick. Kind of a Brian Hoyer, uh, Mac Jones, Tom Brady all in one. Okay, I do I do need to move on from this. I know that we want to do the whole show on the draft, but we got a lot to cover tonight. Uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in to the Dear Pats Nation podcast in association with RayRoad.com, the Dean Blundell Network at, at DeanBlundell.com. And uh, thank you to our sponsors over at Newsbreak. Download the Newsbreak app with the link we left in the description. It helps with the show. We get a little bit of a kickback, and you got a pretty cool app that gives you all of your local news. Uh, okay, so this was supposed to be our first Fantasy Football 101 segment, and it was going to be DeAndre Hopkins versus A.J. Brown. Um, people have found it a little boring as we've been just highlighting one person throughout it. So I was going to do like a, who do you pick? Obviously now it's AJ Brown. So I'm going to change the question for you guys, (laughs) Connor, I'll start with you. How does Deandre Hopkins six game suspension for using performance enhancing substances? Um, how does this impact the Arizona Cardinals this year? Massively. Uh, yeah, that's, that's going to be a problem. I mean, that's more than one third of the season. So it's that's going to be a big, big hit for them because we saw them play a lot worse last year, I think, once he wasn't there. I mean, it's going to make things more difficult for everyone else. When you have somebody like DeAndre Hopkins, it opens up everything else. You know, I think it's going to hurt Zach Ertz's draft stock in the league, and it's just going to make everybody else kind of go down a peg. So I think for those six games, it's it's going to be very difficult. And honestly, I don't I don't know if that's going to put them in a big enough hole where they're not going to be able to make the playoffs or we're going to have to see. But it's going to substantially hurt them for the first six games of the season. I know that you think that, um, first of all, do you think this is the reason the Cardinals made the trade for uh, Marquise Brown uh, from Baltimore? That's a good question. And number two, he's a guy who I think it's fair to say Hollywood has never really came into his own in Baltimore. Yep. Uh, do you think he'll be able to pick up the slack for the first six weeks that DeAndre Hopkins isn't there? That's a good question. You know, they might have known that this was coming, so they may, they went out and made that move. I wasn't even really thinking about that when I gave my answer either because once they're both back, that's going to help both of them as well because then you're going to have Hopkins, Brown. You're still going to have Ertz. They still have a pretty good running game. Murray's super elusive. But I, we're going to get to see for the first six weeks if he can step in and fill the DeAndre Hopkins role. And I think that there's a good probability that he can because he's been quietly pretty good with the Ravens, and the Ravens are a run-first team. Now if he goes somewhere where Kyler Murray airs it out a little bit more, he's going to have a lot more opportunities down the field. So I, I think there's definitely a good chance for him to fill in that role for the first six weeks, and then they, they're really going to look good when they're both out there. Um, okay, let me ask you this one now. They re-signed A.J. Green, correct? Yes. I believe so, yeah. Does Brown become... Kyler Murray's favorite target the way DeAndre Hopkins would because basically he's going to be moving into that Hopkins role right I I think he's going to by default I mean as without Hopkins there I think he's just going to try and plug and play and just start throwing the ball to Brown I think he's going to get a ton of targets in the beginning the opportunities in my opinion are definitely going to be there he's going to look for him all the time like he used to always look for DeAndre Hopkins I know AJ Green's still there he's getting very old He's not the same guy that he used to be, obviously. So I, I think he's going to force the ball to Hollywood Brown pretty frequently. All right, Mike, what's your opinion? How much is DeAndre Hopkins' absence in Arizona going to impact that team? I think it's still going to impact it. You know, 
we've gone on and talked about how I think DeAndre Hopkins is the best receiver in the league by far. But what the Browns, or I'm sorry, what the Ravens did is they clearly knew this was coming. They went and got, uh, you know, Hollywood, who played with Kyler Murray and had great success with Kyler Murray. And I think that's a little piece that people have missed is this is one of the pieces that made Kyler Murray and vice versa. This is why Hollywood Browns draft stock was so high coming out of college was they had a great connection. So if they can kind of rekindle that, I think they'll be okay. But again, I don't think Marquise Brown is is D-hop. You know, but I think they'll I think between, you know, Zach Ertz, uh, you know, AJ Green and Marquise Brown, I think they'll find a way to manage for sure. Yeah, no, for sure. And yeah, I, I got I have to agree with you that, first of all, there's obviously the the Oklahoma connection between the two. Right. Uh, 17 yeah. and 18. They played together. Uh yeah, I mean, we've had just nauseating discussions about Arizona and Kyler Murray and basically how Kyler Murray is a different quarterback with DeAndre Hopkins in the lineup and with Absolutely. him out of the lineup. Whereas you look at Deshaun Watson, and this was the comparison that we made, when you look at Deshaun Watson, he actually had a better season his final year with Houston when DeAndre Hopkins was already in Arizona. So it's, you know, we've seen him perform um to me kyler murray with deandre hopkins not there proved that he does not elevate a receiver he does not yes. elevate the talent around him say the way a patrick mahomes does or the way um a tom brady does or an aaron Rodgers does right it's it's kyler murray plays to his strength i'm going to say something a little controversial here maybe a little bit similar to josh allen um, and I love Josh Allen. I say he's the most dynamic quarterback in the NFL. However, there's a big coincidence that he took his big leap the year that Stephon Diggs became his number one wide receiver, right? Um, did he elevate Diggs or did Diggs elevate him, right? You know what I mean? Did they contrast together? Uh, I think it's huge, even with Hollywood there. I think he's going to try to force feed Hollywood, who's had a bit of brick hands in the NFL since he's come in. Um, so, yeah, no, I think it's going to be a huge impact. Let me ask you guys this question, though. You're not going to let DeAndre Hopkins sit in free agency for six weeks, right? Like somebody's going to no. put him on their bench. Where do you? Do that. So if we're sitting in fa if we're sitting in fantasy, where are you? I mean, you've got. I'm in a pretty serious league. Mike's in a serious league where they pick nothing but tight ends. Connor's in a nice. serious league. You've got got Mike. Have you ever won your league? Yeah. Mike is a is a winner. Uh, Connor was a back-to-back -back champion. I was a back-to-back-to-back yes, -to -back -to -back champion. In seven years in my league, uh, I have finished top three six times with three wow. championships, two runner-ups, and uh, one third-place finish last year. And I have my one Patriots year, uh, coincidentally enough, in 2020 when I just had a collapse year on my draft and uh, the seniors to Patriots, and I was back next year in third. So we all kind of know how to how to play fantasy football. Where, if you're picking them up, what round are you picking them up in? Because I'm going to be honest with you, even with the six game suspension, I don't know if he falls past round seven. Mm -hmm. Yep. I was just going to say the fifth or sixth round, my goal is to try and wait for people to take a bunch of other people off the board, kind of forget about them. You know what I mean? If he's still hanging around late, he's, it's not going to be seventh or eighth round. I'd say 
fifth or sixth round, I would just pull the trigger, take him, and then have him sit on the bench and wait the six weeks knowing that that's going to pay off because when it really comes down to it, you want somebody like him in the playoffs. So it would be worth it. Let, okay, so let me. this other scenario has popped into my head as well. Does that now affect you when you're picking your receivers? Because now you need a receiver whose bye week is at least after week six, mm-hmm. right? Because when you're starting to and, – and this is something we don't talk enough about when we get into fantasy, and I just implore people, when you're making your picks, ask our boy Ross, who picked like half his team with week eight buys. When you're picking players, <laughs> as much as you're picking the BPAs and the best players available, when you start picking your bench, you've got to pay attention to – when you pick your starting roster, you pick whoever. You pick your best players to fill those spots. When you start picking your bench, you've got to start picking by bye weeks. You've got to make sure like that's why you have a bench. Um, does that affect you when you're picking your BPAs, or are you just like, whatever, he's going to be there and I'll use them as, as, as needed? For me, a little bit of both. I mean, once it gets down to the lower people, I feel like some of the guys, when you draft them, when I'm talking drafting late, I'm saying like real late where you're picking people who are going to be your fifth receiver, sixth receiver, the people that might not pan out and you're going to cut them between then and week seven anyways, because that's a long season, the NFL six weeks. So my roster is going to change quite a bit, especially at the bottom. But if it's somebody who's a little bit higher, I would definitely look into the bye weeks to make sure that it's somebody I can use. Because if it's going to be, if you say you have three receivers and it's going to be your fourth receiver, you're going to probably start him five out of those six weeks. You know what I mean? So you're going to want to know that you're going to get worth out of him, and you're going to know that the bye weeks also line up. So I'm in a dynasty league, boys, and I'm actually considering making a call to the owner of DeAndre Hopkins and like offering him a fourth round pick for him. Do you think that's too high of a pick to offer up? Remember I'm in a dynasty league. So the first three rounds are the most important rounds in dynasty. Once you get to that fourth, fifth and sixth, that's normally when you're picking your bench players. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's when you're, you're picking your bench players. Um, I was thinking of just throwing it out. I'm being like, I'll give you a fourth round pick, you know, Um, almost willing to move up to a third if need be. That's intriguing because even if he doesn't do well this year overall, I think his contract is up next year. So he's going to be on the move, and I wouldn't be surprised if there's some team that's kind of on the verge looking for a high-level player. So he could be getting – yeah, I'm going to take a little bit of a shot at Kyler Murray. He might be getting better quarterback play next year potentially. Or he takes like a just takes a cheap deal and goes plays for like the Chargers or something. Exactly. That's what I'm banking on too and keeping him on my roster. Because yep. I think that the guy who has him, um, he doesn't have him at a high salary or has him at a high salary. I have a lot of salary cap because I drafted Patrick Mahomes and I'm paying, you know, and <laughs> re-ups are 25 cents a year to the initial nice. salary of 25 cents. So I think I'm paying like a buck 50 for, uh, for, uh, cause we have a $30 salary cap. That's how we do it. I think I'm paying a buck 50 for Patrick Mahomes for the next two years. And then yeah, was, you got to you got to take advantage of those rookie contracts. Absolutely, and just anybody who's watching the Yankees just hit a two-run home run off of uh, Stripling, so two nothing over the Blue Jays Boo. in the top of the fourth. <laughs> Thank you, Connor. Appreciate yes. that. People in Toronto, <laughs> we're on the we're live on the Dean Bundell network right now, so the Toronto nice. people will like that. All right, Mike, are you taking DeAndre Hopkins in a league this year? I know you're not in a dynasty league. Are you taking one this year? I I still may take them. It depends on, you know, where you pick, you know, if you, you know, we've discussed if you have those abutting picks, especially at the end of rounds where he's, he's available. Definitely. I definitely would try to sneak him in probably closer to the fifth if I could, 
but I would take him somewhere in the fourth if he was there for sure. All right, need to move on here. Uh, we're going to look at some future betting in the NFL right now, and we're going to do Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes for the NFL MVP. Josh Allen plus 700, Patrick Mahomes plus 850. You're always going to get value on these kind of picks no matter who you take. Uh, let's approach this, boys, as if you have to make a bet, okay? Because uh, I'm probably not – I don't bet on MVP. I just I, I don't like yeah. those kind of future bets. I don't bet on that not kind of either. thing. But let's pretend that we have to bet. We have to put money down on it, um, which I will because I've made a, a promise to my audience. Anytime I suggest to make a bet somewhere, I'll put my own money down. Um, not a lot on this one. I'll probably put ten bucks, especially at plus eight fifty. But uh, I'll put uh, you know I'll put money down on it. Patrick Mahomes plus seven hundred or plus eight. Patrick Mahomes plus eight fifty. Josh Allen the favorite at plus seven hundred. Mike, let me go to you first. Um, if you had to put money on one of those two guys. Who are you putting the money on to win MVP this year? I'd put the money on Patrick Mahomes, especially after I see the uh, additions that they made in the offseason. Um, and they just signed Justin Ross today for anybody who's paying attention, which is scary. Um, and I think Mahomes is one of those guys, as opposed to Josh Allen, that can elevate a rookie, especially in an Andy Reid uh, scheme year one. So. Uh, they've taken a big leap offensively to me with some of the stuff that they've added in the in the draft and the offseason, you know, and again, culminating in the last couple of days. I understand the Bills are a great team. I understand, you know, there's a lot a lot behind it, but I'm putting my money on on Patrick Mahomes here after some of these, uh, uh, again, additions. So based on what Kansas City did, are you saying that Patrick Mahomes is the better quarterback out of the two? I'm not I'm not necessarily saying he's the better quarterback. I think again given what they added off offensive weapon wise and I think again with with a combination of Andy Reid's schemes and play calling which again I think Andy Reid is one of the best offensive minds in the league period. I don't I, in fact I I would still put him above um Sean McVay in a lot of ways that I think Patrick Mahomes can do more with younger talent than you know uh Josh Allen necessarily can. So some of those some of those guys that they picked up this year, I don't know how well they're going to be able to integrate them year one. Connor, how are you feeling about it, man? You got to put money down. There's really no juice. They're both pluses. So yeah. it, it's you're getting value regardless. Uh you got to bet on Josh Allen at plus seven hundred. You got to bet on Patrick Mahomes at plus eight fifty. Uh, you know, who are you putting ten bucks on? I, I hate to do it, but I have to put the money down on Josh Allen. I think this could be the Bills' year. I'm very concerned about how good their offense has become. Um, Stephon Diggs, Dawson Knox, and the other thing is we we've seen firsthand last year in the in the playoffs that it doesn't matter because Josh Allen can find a way for their second, third, fourth wide receiver to burn you. I also think it was a great pick in the second round. They got Cook's brother, Dalvin Cook's brother. I think he's going to be good. Um, I think Josh Allen's in his stride right now. I think that he's, he's in his purest, purest prime. I mean, I think he's whatever, 26, 27. He's in great shape. He has all of the intangibles. He has the four years of experience under his belt. I think the bills are in their stride for the next five years with him. I think this is going to be a really, really good year for Josh Allen, unfortunately. So let me put the, uh, the numbers in front of you guys. Okay. And uh, before I make my case, before I present my case of who I think it's going to be, let me present the case for both. Okay. So Josh Allen uh, had 646 passing attempts last year. That was good for fourth in the NFL. He had 4,407 passing yards. That was good for eighth. Uh, 
He had 36 passing touchdowns, which was good for seventh, and he had 15 interceptions, which tied him for third. I'm not sure if that's a good third or a bad third, so we'll just say mm. tied for third. Uh, missing there, though, was his 71 rushing attempts for 763 yards and six touchdowns, right? And that's that's a weapon that Josh Allen brings. Uh, his overall grade was an 86.6. He had a passing grade of 77.5. He had a rushing grade of 92.3. So he's an elite rusher. Eat your heart out, uh, Lamar Jackson fans. When we switch over to Patrick Mahomes, 658 passing attempts, third in the NFL, so one ahead of Josh Allen. Yards, he was four ahead of him in fourth with 4,839 yards. He was tied with Josh Allen for 37 touchdowns with the fourth most. 13 interceptions ties him for ninth. Uh, so I do think that third inter- that 15 interceptions was bad, being tied for third for Josh yeah. Allen. Uh, here's the thing, though. The grades, nowhere close. Overall, 77.5, reminding everybody just for the comparison, Josh Allen was an Uh, 86.6, but you might turn around and say, well, you know, but because of the rushing grade, it was elite, yada, yada, yada. Um, Patrick Mahomes had a 73.5 passing grade compared to Josh Allen's 77.5. And uh, again, an 81.5 rushing grade. So Josh Allen beats him out on that. Um, Patrick Mahomes only ran the football 18 times in 2021, 381 yards, two touchdowns, nine fumbles. (laughs) <laughs> on a lot. Eight, Josh on Allen eight. fumbles a lot too though he did but Josh Allen had eight fumbles on the year on 71 yep. attempts Patrick Mahomes had nine on 18 yeah, uh, now I'm sure some of those are when he's getting chased around the backfield that type of thing right right um so at the end of the day Josh Allen number wise is is really when you put it all together the superior quarterback so let me tell you why Patrick Mahomes is going to win MVP and Bill's Mafia hear me out The most valuable player award is a popularity contest. We know that. That's why Aaron Rodgers won MVP last year. Tom Brady was the MVP of the NFL. Can we be real? Like he was the MVP of the NFL. I can already hear the headlines because here's what happened. The Buffalo Bills, Brandon Bean, phenomenal job building this team through free agency and through the draft. Added Elam, great cornerback. Added Cook, uh, James Cook. I mean, just an absolute home run hitting running back in the past game the run game dude the the bills are going to run over the afc east okay mm-hmm. even though the afc east has gotten better i think that the jets are now um players in the afc east i think the patriots are players the dolphins are players however the the gap between the bills and those three teams is gigantic right and in my opinion the bills have the best roster in the nfl from from top to bottom defense yeah. matters for quarterbacks defense matters right here's why Patrick Mahomes is going to win it he's playing with less talent than Josh Allen's on both sides of the ball both offensively and defensively more talent in Buffalo both on the on both sides of the ball special teams as well I'll argue there's more talent there okay Patrick Mahomes gets the leg up with coaching over McDermott however Mahomes is playing in the in the AFC West. So here's what I can, with the most depleted team Patrick Mahomes ever played for in a stacked AFC West division, Mahomes brings the Chiefs to the postseason. Can you see the headlines? Can you see them yeah. rolling? <laughs> They're already can, written. Yeah, you can hear the talking heads. 
If the Kansas City Chiefs win the AFC West, I put a 99% chance that Patrick Mahomes is the MVP of the NFL this year. If they don't win the division and make the wild card, I give him an 85% chance to win the MVP. As far as I'm concerned, this league is stacked for, for Patrick Mahomes to win the MVP. I also want to remind everybody, Josh Allen, and I have come on this podcast, Connor, 10 times and said this. I've written about it on DeanBlundell.com and on RayRoute.com, which is primarily my Patriots blogs, and said that Josh Allen is the best quarterback in the NFL. So this is no disrespect. This is the reality, Bills fans. Josh Allen is not and will never be the face of the NFL. It's Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. It's Aaron Rodgers. It's Tom Brady. They're already, for reasons I don't get, grooming joe burrow even though i think yep. it should be justin herbert out in la buffalo western new york is not the mecca zach wilson will be a face before josh allen it's not the mecca of football and because of that i think we're going to have multiple years the same way seattle's not the mecca of football and i believe that we're going to compare josh allen to russell wilson only in this stat in particular I think we're going to have multiple years that we turn around and say, Josh Allen should have been MVP, but they gave it to insert quarterback here. Right. All right, guys, let's move on. Um, so I'm betting Mahomes at plus 850. Mike is betting Mahomes at plus 850. Connor, have I convinced you to go, jo or go Mahomes? Are you sticking plus 700 to Josh Allen? That is a very compelling argument, and you're probably correct, but I will stay with my original my my original pick i just want everybody to know i think josh allen is going to outperform patrick mahomes this year i just don't yeah. think that that's going to have merit on the mvp decision remember right you're absolutely right it's the media yep. who makes that you're decision right. it's not yep. based totally on the traditional agree. stats right all right guys don't forget to go check out our patreon page patreon.com slash dpn sports we had a great time on thursday night for the nfl draft um, our first real big partnership with the dean blundell network we had a blast um that was the kickoff of us being live across the network. We're not on Twitch tonight because for some reason we just weren't connecting. I don't know if you're seeing the error, Mike. I tried to. Yeah, somebody I tried else was to... streaming as well. That's why. Uh, so me and James were on at the same time. I was trying to connect over and over. Couldn't get there. But we're on Twitter yep. right now, so we're good there. Um, We had a blast. Connor came by. Mario came by. Yes, um, Good stuff. Yeah, we had a really good time. And everybody who was a part of it missed the check. Uh, oh, uh, sorry. Beantown Breakdown came by. We had Bobby for the whole night, which yes. was fantastic. Yeah, but Bobby was Ro awesome. But we had Miss It a Check. We had Ross. We had um, Francisco. We had um, Thomas. Yada, yada, yada. Mike and I, of course, were there. Um, we had t eight to ten guys the entire night. Matt was there. So I, if I'm missing people, I apologize. And Mikey B came in at the end. Um, they were there because of... They were a Patreon members. And when you're a Patreon member, by the way, Boba Shett just got a double and it's 2-1 now for the, the, nice. uh, the Yankees. George Springer. Um, so Connor, can you do me a favor since I have you on? Yes. I wrote an article today about George Springer on DeanBlundell.com. I'm going to send you the link. If you could read it nice. for me, I want, your, I want your opinion on what I said about him because um, he's a hell of a ball player, man. A yes, hell of a ball George, player. George Springer did a lot of bad things to the Red Sox in that series. Yeah, and I've I've come out and decided he should no longer be a villain. And I want you to read it and tell me if you agree with me or not. I, I think got, he was I a gotcha. I think he was a good guy who was in a piece of shit good, organization. Good guy in a bad situation. Yes. Yeah. So I'll send you the link if you could read it because you're a baseball guy. I'd love to get your opinion on it. Um, 
So anyways, join the Patreon club. What you get there, every second Friday we do a hangout. So next Friday we'll be doing a hangout live on air. Uh, you also get to ask questions because um, we don't address the live chat during the live show. We just don't have enough time, but we build it into the Patreon. That's where you get five bucks. You get access to me. I got two messages I got to reply to. I know I, you know, anybody who DMs me on Twitter, you don't always get a reply. If I can, I will, but I'm a busy man. I'm a busy man, gentlemen. Um Alex DeNeo says, do you think that the cornerbacks that Bill drafted will be able to help this year in the secondary with the loss of J.C. Jackson? And who is the number one cornerback? I'm going to throw that right to Mike because I know he's got a lot to say about this. Yeah, I mean, it's going to surprise people. I don't I, I think that, again, I, I need to differentiate between the Joneses at this point. And so I'm sorry. Um, I'm going to say inside small Jones is what I'm calling him for now. I think he will contribute. Um, and I think the outside corner that they got, I think he, I think he will be on the roster. I would expect him to contribute more next year. Um, I think Malcolm Butler is the number one corner on this team right now, or Jonathan Jones. It depends on where they (laughs) decide to put Jonathan Jones, the, the third, fourth Jones. There's so many, uh, so many people named Jones now. I saw, a great, I saw a great tweet from Carly today who said that the pro shop had a Velcro shirts that we could do that, like Jones, a Jones jersey yeah. with, with yeah. Velcro around the numbers so we can just change out the numbers. Yeah, the literally. Season. Are they going to start having like the they first should. initial with these guys? I feel like I they think have they got to. They're going to have to, yeah. Because otherwise, is that part of Belichick's plan to just confuse offenses? Because there's what? There's Jones, Jones, and Jones on the defense, <laughs> yeah. and then Mac Jones. Yep. Right. Yeah, I bet you Mac. Four. I bet you Mac won't have a won't have a, an initial no. yeah um connor uh i don't like that analysis from mike i it you know i don't want to go into this season with and i don't think it's gonna be malcolm butler by the way i think it's gonna be uh, jalen mills who's the patriots number one cornerback which doesn't doesn't give me any more that. doesn't give me any more hope yeah um, for what the secondary can do however uh the patriots have a couple of guys still in the works don't forget we they didn't have jonathan jones last year who is the patriots fastest cornerback by the way like was yep. that's why he goes on guys like will fuller and that kind of thing because of the mm-hmm. speed that he brings so i could see the patriots taking him out of being the slot corner and putting him as a matchup. I think that the Patriots are going to play a lot of zone this year. And I think that the the defenders are going to play a lot of matchup. The Patriots wanted to get small. The Patriots wanted to be able to neutralize Josh Allen running the football, Zach Wilson running the football. Um, they wanted to, to flush Tua and not let him throw out of the pocket and get to him. You got to take care of the division first. The Buffalo Bill, or sorry, the Bill Belichick has built a team or is building a team or is attempting to build a team, I should say, to beat the Buffalo Bills, to beat Josh Allen and that Bills team. The speed, uh, the versatility. And I mean, if you look at the the first Jones at the Patriots, is the Marcus Jones, the first guy that they yeah, drafted? Marcus. Yeah. Yeah. He's a plug and play player. He can play yep. linebacker. He can play cornerback. He can play safety. And they've used him as receivers. So don't be surprised if you see him take some offensive snaps at some point as well. He's very versatile. Um, I believe that that we're not going to have a number. There's not going to be a number. You, remember the old Patriots offense? There was no number one receiver. Yes. It was all, or there was no number one running back. It was all a matchup thing. Some days it was Rex Burkhead. Some days yep. it was James White. Other days it was LeGarrette Blunt. Uh, some days it was a Julian Edelman day. Some days it was a Gronk day. You know, the offense always switched. I think defensively, it's going to be purely on matchups. And I think the Patriots are going to run a lot of zone. I don't think we're going to see a lot of that physical man to man that the Patriots like to play because 
Guys, this isn't a rough and tough Patriots defense anymore. This isn't like an overly physical Patriots defense. This is a finesse speed. This is going to be a different defense than we've seen the Patriots run. But, Connor, I'll let you touch before we move on. Yeah, no, I think that's exactly what's going to happen. And I I expect uh, Marcus Jones to contribute right away. And we've seen that with rookie cornerbacks. If a corner's not really a position where it takes the guys a long time to develop. I mean, I think it, Malcolm Butler, J.C. Jackson, both these guys started contributing pretty much right away. I think Malcolm Butler is going to be used somewhat sparingly. I'm not expecting him to come come in and be a J.C. Jackson replacement. But like you said, I think they're going to change things around constantly. And I think that's going to be not only with the corners, but with everyone. We see Duggar move around a lot. Jalen Mills is a safety. Then he's a corner. You know, I, I think they're going to be consistently switching these guys up. And it's not going to look like J.C. Jackson covers the other number one wide receiver. I think it's going to change. And it's also going to depend on how well these guys pan out and how quickly they're able to start performing. But I expect them to make an impact the first year. All right, we need to move on now. Thank you, everybody, or thank you for Alex. Anybody watching on Patreon, please drop your questions and comments tomorrow when I put out the post that says questions and comments with the date, and we will answer them to the best of our ability. But let's look at some NFL future betting again, and a very, very interesting one here. We just talked about how the AFC East, there's a gap, a gap between the Buffalo Bills and everybody else. However, I don't believe that the gap between the New York Jets, the New England Patriots, and the Miami Dolphins is that is that wide anymore. Uh, does that mean we could see two or three teams come out of the East, or does that mean we only see the Bills come out of the East? What does that mean? So I wanted to put a really interesting one. The the the, the bet I pulled out today from DraftKings, the futures bet was the New York Jets making the playoffs. Yes, is play, paying plus eight hundred. Connor, Oof. are you ready? Are you ready for this juice? <laughs> yes. <laughs> no is minus sixteen hundred. Wow. <laughs> Just so everybody knows, it is now 2-2. The Blue Jays have tied it up in the bottom of the fourth after going down 2-0 to the top of the fourth. Nice. So the Jets um, will not be making the playoffs. So minus 1,600. Yeah. If I was going to drop 50 bucks on a just a team that I'm like, who could surprise us the most out of all these AFC teams and make a run to the playoffs? I'm not necessarily based on everything they just did in the draft, adding yeah, or adding sauce, adding the OSU kid. You know what I mean? I mean, they to me they won the draft. By the way, I did a thing about it on DeanBundell.com. I said the Jets won the draft. They already had a foundation. If Zach Wilson takes a step up, yeah. dude, I'd put 50 bucks. I'm not putting anything on minus 1600. That's way too much juice. Way yeah. too much juice. <laughs> And this is a bet. I'm not saying you have to bet, but for me, if I'm really taking a long shot, I love plus 800 for the Jets. I'm putting 50 bucks on it. I'm not saying they're going to make it. I'm looking for a long shot. This is how you gamble. This is a gamble now. This right. isn't like, a, I think this is going to happen. Now you're trying to take your educated long shot gambles. I'm gambling. I'm going to put 50 bucks, a plus 800. Uh, that'll pay me out 400 for anybody who wants to know. Um, if they win, I love it. I, I, I love the Jets at plus 800. Yeah, I think this is a, is actually, like you said, a great bet. If you just wanted to throw 50 bucks on potentially, listen, they added arguably the best corner in the draft, the best wide receiver in the draft, um, you know, one of the top two running backs and some other nice pieces on top of, again, the foundation they had. Yeah, you don't add that much talent in one year and not see some kind of movement of the needle unless, uh, you know, their coach decides to quit mid-season so 
yeah, the great bet. If you just wanted to throw 50 bucks, I, I, I'm not going to explain it too much, but anything can happen within a division. Any team can collapse. You know, a team can underperform. I could see it with the Jets. I could see them finally, uh, you know, coming of age here and making a playoff run for the first time in what? 12 10 years, years, probably 12 years. Yeah, yeah since Mark like Sanchez. Yeah, I think, the so last I think that was 2012. 12, I think. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, it's... and this this isn't the Patriots. All these kids are going to play. Like, they will play start of season. They're not going to get redshirted. They're going to be allowed to play. They're going to, you know, be able to flash energy. So, yeah, these these guys are going to make instant impact. Yeah, and, and I think the Jets are going to become pretty good. I don't know if it's this year. I mean, a lot of their their yeah. players are just so young. Zach Wilson, we don't know what he's going to be yet. They had what looks on paper like a great draft. I think they added a ton of talent, and they're definitely a team that I think is going to be concerning in the future. I don't know if it'll be this year. And I just look at the rest of the AFC East. I mean, the Bills are an absolute powerhouse. The Patriots, they still have to play twice. I mean... The Patriots are going to be a, a very competitive team. The Bill, I mean, uh, the Dolphins are going to be a very competitive team. So I, they are in a tough division too. Are you? Because let me ask you this, before I ask you if you're going to touch this bet or not, right? Which I think I know the answer, but I want the answer before I ask you. For the last five years, the Jets has just been a guaranteed two and zero for the Patriots. Are yep. you? Are you going? I'll ask you both, Con, uh, Mike. I'll ask you first, and we'll let Connor finish finish off the segment. Uh, quick answer. Are you comfortable saying sweep for the Patriots now, or do you think that we could see a split or sweep the other way? I'll say a split. They added a lot of talent. That edge rusher they came back up uh, for in the first round was arguably a top 10 guy a week ago. I don't know, but we'll see. Again, they added a lot of talent. I'll I'll say split right now. Connor, are you comfortable calling a sweep for the Patriots, or, can, or, or are you more comfortable to sweep, or with a split, I mean? comfortable i mean i i think they're gonna sweep them they need to if the patriots are gonna make the playoffs these are the games that they need to win teams that they should be on paper clearly better than i think it's gonna come down to zach wilson bill belichick bullies the crap out of mediocre to bad quarterbacks especially young ones if he isn't taking a step forward the patriots defense is gonna swallow him whole like they did last year like they did sam darnold like they've done to you know quarterbacks that just aren't up to par all right. I didn't know that Zach Greinke was still playing baseball, to be honest with you guys. Uh, so just an update for everybody. Boston and Carolina are tied 0-0 in the second period of their first game of the postseason. The Toronto Maple Leafs are up one nothing over Tampa Bay at the intermission. Nice. So good for them. Nice. All right, Connor, are you touching this bet at plus 800 yes or minus 1,600 no? I'm, I'm staying away from it on, on either side. I think the answer is going to be no, but I'm not betting 1,600 bucks to win 100 in case it goes the other way. $800 between the two is much smarter bet. You, you don't want to bet uh, 1,600 bucks to win 100? Is that what you're saying? You don't I'm, think I'm that, not on board. You, you think that's a little bit too much juice for that? I, that or what? Yeah, that's that's a not bad. Great strat not of bad. confidence by DraftKings. This this is Vegas yeah. uh, strategizing yeah. that nobody <laughs> bets. Literally, you know, there's some guy out there that's going to put like 50 grand on it. Oh yeah, to, there's there's people that put huge money on these types of things. Yeah. But uh, for me, I don't have sixteen hundred to win a hundred bucks. This is not a no. Uh, no I, I feel comfortable putting fifty. I listen. First of all, Connor, I, I I always say this. Maybe you can. You're Mike gambles, but he doesn't gamble like you and I gamble. Yep. Right. Um. 
I always tell people, maybe you can reinforce this because we are talking a lot about gambling and fantasy on the show now. I never bet money I don't have to lose. I always make the bet assuming I've lost the money. Right. That's literally how, I mean, Connor bet a parlay that the Patriots were going to win the Super Bowl, the Red Sox were going to win the World Series, and the Bruins were going to win the Cup. You don't make I that did. bet unless you've already counted the money gone. When yeah, you yeah. <laughs> and and how I bet, I, I pay prior to making the bet. So the money's yes. already coming to my account. Yes, yeah. And, and any app, guys, if you're using an app that says you can pay after, that's actually called loan sharking and it's illegal. Don't do it. Yeah. Stick with like the... <laughs> Stick with the DraftKings or Bet365 yep. or whatever, you know what I mean, Where where if, if it's legal for you and um, make the bet. And, yeah, never bet money you don't have. So, for me, I have 50 bucks to make a bet. I feel comfortable putting 50 on uh, on the Jets uh, making the playoffs this year. I think it's a good gamble. I probably could lose it. But, again, I, I go in assuming I'm going to lose money every week. All right. Yep. Final segment, Fantasy 101. Um, not as exciting as what was supposed to be. Um, just We just have to get through it. We're looking at running backs again. Uh, and we're looking at James Conner versus Ezekiel Elliott. We've already discussed all the top running backs. We're starting to look at your RB2s, maybe RB3s, maybe your um, your swing players. Uh, what do they call that that spot? I call it the swing uh, spot. Flex. Flex yeah, spot. Um, I'm in a pool that we don't flex tight ends. Mike's in a pool that they do. So it all depends, you know, where you go, but running back is normally the popular flex. So we're looking here again at your RB twos or your flex guys. Uh, let me, let me give you guys the breakdown from PFF and then we can discuss who we're going to draft if we had to draft and let's take it as we had to draft one of these two guys. Okay. Cause if I'm going to go full disclosure, maybe you got, you guys get full disclosure too. Neither of these guys are on my fantasy team. Neither of these guys will be drafted by me, but we're going to talk about if we had to. So if you are in a position based on draft that man, you got to take one of these tier four guys, because now you're going to start getting the tier five and tier six, Here's where we're at. So James Conner had 202 carries last year, tied for 17th, plays for the Arizona Cardinals, uh, 752 rushing yards. That was 24th, had 15 rushing touchdowns, which was tied for second. Um, I think Jonathan Taylor had like 1,000 last year, so that was going to be hard. Only averaged 3.7 yards per carry, uh, which tied him for 51st across the league. Wow. He had an overall rating of 82.9, a receiving grade of 86.7, and I will give his receiving stats in a second. Uh, for a running back, a 73.2 rushing grade. He had 37 receptions last year for 380 yards and three touchdowns. Ezekiel Elliott, who, by the way, is a platoon guy, and I think that's important to put out. He platoons with Pollard in Dallas. 232 carries, still good for seventh in the NFL. 102 or 1,002 uh, rushing yards, good for seventh. 10 touchdowns, which was good for sixth. He averaged 4.2 yards per carry, which tied him for 33rd. An overall grade of 68.9, but he had a 76. Uh, rushing grade of 56.3 receiving grade. I guess that was his two drops that he had. Um, he was targeted 63 times, 47 receptions, 287 yards, two receiving touchdowns. So 12 in total. Again, I'm not thrilled about either of these guys. Neither when I say they're not gonna be my team, neither of these guys are gonna be my RB1 or RB2, and they're not gonna be mm-hmm. my flex. They're gonna be my bench guys, they're gonna be my bye week guys if I take either of them. Um, so Mike or Connor. Yeah, Mike, let's start with you. We'll let Connor finish this off. So my full disclosure for you is I'm not taking either of them as my top three. They're going to be my fourth running back at best. And I usually carry four running backs. So that's going to be my fourth running back. 
And I'm probably going with Zeke over Connor, even though they platoon. I still think Zeke is more valuable than him. So, Michael, go with you. Uh, first, give your full disclosure. Would these guys be on your top three? Uh, could they be a flex? Could they be your RB three? And who are you taking out of those two? Uh, as if you're gonna, if you got to pick a bench guy. No, so neither of these guys, if I have my choice, are gonna be uh, my main starters, my flex guy. You know, they're gonna be like you said, third, fourth fifth guy potentially um i think zeke elliott might might just be a name at this point to be honest with you um and the reason i might take james connor slightly over is because without d hop there at least for the first six weeks you could see a matchup where you might plug him in that's a little bit more favorable for them to you know run the ball potentially um it's it's weird because Zeke does still have some explosion to him potentially. We'll see what happens. It's, it's okay. So I'm just gonna talk about this, and and some of this is biased because I love Ezekiel Elliott, yeah, Ohio State guy. But I hear this all the time. Zeke's just a name. You're not the only person to say that. He was top ten in carries, rushing yards, and touchdowns last year. He had a thousand rushing yards. He averaged four point two yards per carry. He was had the seventh most carries in the NFL as a part of a platoon. So I don't know why we keep saying that he's just a name. Like he's, I think how many, like how many carries did Damian Harris have last year? You know what I mean? Probably around the same. That his yards per, per carry weren't that high last year. I'm 4.2 yards per carry in 2021. Okay. So, I mean, I don't know why. I, guess, I guess if you put it that way, potentially then. Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's just a, a, his fall from how good he was. So now it seems like he's not that good. But when you look at it, he's still performing really right. well, relatively speaking. But is it three because, years ago, he was the number one overall pick, you know? Is it because we used to have him in the category of Jonathan Taylor and Derrick Henry? And now, yes. he, now we're comparing yeah. him to James Conner? Yep, and right. I think that's a fair comparison because now he's, he's not somebody who you're going to take in the first round anymore. Now it's... Like you said, Jonathan Taylor is going to be the first overall pick, probably Christian McCaffrey shortly thereafter. Nick Chubb, somebody who's going to go probably late first round, early second round. Ezekiel Elliott's going to be dropped down to probably somewhere around the fifth, sixth round. He's going to be going where you're going to be saying, do I take a, a flyer on DeAndre Hopkins and have him sit the first six weeks? Or do I draft somebody like Zeke or somebody like James Conner? So full disclosure, are any of these guys your top three? Top three, probably probably not, but I, I feel confident picking them later on for having some value because both of yeah. their numbers show that they have fantasy value. James Conner, 15 touchdowns is a ton. And then Ezekiel Elliott, I mean, he had 47 catches, so I guess it depends if your PPR, by leagues half-point PPR. So I like running backs because I can catch the football. But, I mean, 12 total touchdowns, over 1,000 yards, 47 catches is still really good numbers. It's just not in, like, the top 10 of who you'd be looking at anymore. So just so everybody who's new to fantasy, who's watching us to learn fantasy, PPR means point per reception. Some leagues, yes. uh, an NPR, an NPPR, which is called a non-PPR league, uh, you don't get points per reception. In a PPR league, it depends how you do it. In our league, we get one point per reception. Connor's league, you said half a point per you reception? Half, yep. So it, it'll all it'll all depend. So yeah. So if you have a league like our league where it's one point per re, reception, a guy like James White is almost more valuable than than a Nick Chubb. You know what I mean? Because yeah, yeah, Chubb's going to get you a yeah, lot of a lot of those rushing yards. But when you're getting a point per reception, if a guy makes 50, 60, 70 receptions a year, you're getting seventy points just on that. However, right. um, you know, here's the other thing. 
and I forget this, not all, like 90% of them are, but not all fantasy leagues are head-to-heads. Some of them are yearly standings and yearly points. So that's that's going to change how you do things as well. All three of us are in head-to-head leagues where you just, you know, it's you're looking for matchups where on a, a, a standing league you're, you're not nest you're, you're you're managing a little i was in one one year and i hated it like absolutely hated it but um okay so connor are you going with james connor or are you going with ezekiel elliott i would probably still go with zeke the only thing there that concerns me is tony pollard is very explosive so i don't know if they're going to try and switch and he's going to become before it was like Zeke 60, 60, 40 with Pollard. I, I'm concerned if that's going to even out to 50, 50 more. So going forward. And uh, that sound means that we have come to an end on another episode of the Dear Pats Nation podcast on this beautiful Monday night. And boys, the podcast is over and there's still a hint of the daytime sky in the air. Summer is nice. here and, and boys, we're only, first of all, we're now getting into, I don't want to say deep into the baseball season, but we're getting deeper into baseball season. We're four months away from the regular season kicking off in the NFL. That doesn't seem so yeah, far buddy. as when we were talking seven months, eight months, when we're going back to February. Four months seems manageable. Three months away from uh, uh, preseason, two months away from training camp kicking off. So yeah. uh, it's uh, we're, we're getting there. We're getting there. Guys, check out uh, our sponsors over at the Newsbreak app. Uh, download the Newsbreak app from the link we left in the description. Uh, every time you download the app from that link, it helps out the podcast. It also uh, gives you the opportunity to get a pretty dynamic app that puts all your news in one place. Go download the Newsbreak app. Follow my boy Mike on Twitter at producer underscore Mike N. Follow my boy Connor Commentary at Connor Commentary. Follow me on Twitter at DPN underscore Ray. And make sure that you give us a follow on our business account at Ray Web. And uh, you can follow uh, the Dean Blundell Network at Net. Uh, yeah, go check out RayRoute.com, DeanBlondell.com. Check out everything happening on the podcast network. Make sure you go check out that merch store, right? A lot of nice stuff going on in there right now. Let me just, uh, there it is lot of nice stuff and make sure you get your limited edition shirt here i love this shirt i don't know how you guys feel you think your draft was strange uh support uh little disclosure we had another we had another shirt that got put up there called ask me about our six core our, our six running backs and nice. for reasons I don't understand, I got nailed for copyright and they removed it from the score. Um, I don't get it. And I had another shirt that said, Dear Pat's Nation was better with Connor. <laughs> and um, It's messed up, man. No, no. No, no. I don't mean for Mike. I mean, like, me as well. People tell yeah, me all the time. Okay. It's you. You're over the both of us. Oh, it, boy. It was, and um, they caught me on fucking copyright <laughs> on those too, so I don't understand. So I've appealed them, trying to get them up on the store. Um, I really wanted to use your name. I thought I'd sell a bunch of those shirts. And, I hope, uh, man. I hope. Full yeah, blessing. Anyways, no, that wasn't an insult to Mike. That was an insult to the two of us because I hear it all the time. Ray, Fair. I don't like you. I was here for Connor. I get that <laughs> you way more than I choose to uh, to want to admit to people. Uh, that's about it, people. 
Tune in tomorrow, 30 p.m. Eastern time, our new time, every single day, Monday to Thursday. Don't come Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We won't be here. Um, have I pitched everything? I think I've pitched everything, right? Check out the uh, Patreon app or patreon.com slash DPN Sports. Uh, some Fridays will be here, by the way. That's some Friday, every second Friday. Yeah. Okay. I think, I think we've done our job for the day. Good show, gentlemen. Appreciate y'all. Never forget, guys, you're all legit, kid. Hey, listeners, I'm Christy. And I'm Melissa. And this is Buried Motives, where we dig deep into the details of some of the most gruesome dirtbag murderers. She said she enjoyed hurting things that can't fight back. And that is a disturbing view into the mind of a murderer in such a dirtbag. Yeah, that's not even strong enough words. This is totally a recipe for disaster and not to justify whatever is going to happen, but you can totally understand and see how this would be in the works. If you were only to look at what she did later on and not know any of that history, she would appear like off the wall crazy. Oh, 100% because we're not even close to getting to the end yet. But you can just see this pattern and all this kind of stuff developing in her, which is what we're here for. We're digging deep. Join us each Thursday as we unearth the dirt bags that live among us and the motives buried there. Hope you join us as we exhume the truth. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com.